Welcome to this episode of May Contain Violence. I am David. I have a special guest. Well, I guess a reoccurring guest, I can call you now. Charlene. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Glad to have you I'm here. Excited. Glad to be here. Very excited to talk about one of my favorite um, gothic shows. Yes. Uh, so as we, as I was thinking of shows to um, have on the podcast, I, I kind of going back to favorites and recent favorites. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Penny Penny Dreadful uh, came to mind, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you were uh, you were a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know a lot of people who watched the show. Yeah, maybe Anything why I got canceled. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad. Well, they said it was actually because it, the production was too, just too expensive and they felt that they it, they had come to a satisfying conclusion. Not for me, because I, no. I thought there was more to tell. Yeah, not for a lot of fans. Um, yeah. Well, it, it sounded a little like a convenient excuse. Yep. Um, and it, it felt a little rushed maybe at the end. Um, I agree. I, yeah, I mean... One character's story may have ended, but it, it I felt like the rest could have continued. Um, exactly. At least for one more season. Yeah, because I wanted to know, I wanted to delve more into um, Dr. Jekyll, his work with Frankenstein. Yeah. I wanted to know more about John Clare. I mean, there was just so many threads that they just kind of left hanging. While Vanessa yeah. was the heart of the show, she was the only component of the show that made it like what, the great show that it was. Yeah, I agree. And most of the events, but not all the events, surrounded her. I mean, a lot yeah. of Dorian's story didn't really yep. involve her. Uh, yep. A lot of uh, the monster's uh, story did not mm-hmm. involve... He did, barely interacted with the main plot. Um, yep. He was just with uh, Frankenstein, really. And I would have liked to have seen more scenes with Vanessa and on John Clare because they had such great chemistry and both mm-hmm. actors played off each other really well. So I would have liked to have um, delved into that a little bit more. And I, I felt that he should have been part of the season finale um, because he's kind of like the living dead. And it would have been nice to see him, how he would have gone up against what happened in the ending, in the, in the series finale. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was taken from us too soon. One more season yep. would have been nice. Yep. But, I mean, still, we got three seasons. And yeah. we got more than I thought we would get. I honestly yep. thought, oh, man, this show's not going to last. It's great. Yeah. It's not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the production value is amazing. Yeah. Which oh, and usually, it was expensive, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean quality shows do that it's amazing yeah um, you know it kind of brought to mind um another show that was on hbo only after two seasons it was called carnival and it was about <laughs> a show set in the depression era times and a traveling carnival and it talks about a lot of like folklore it, it mixed um religion and 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 um the paranormal and um a bit of Devil sacrifice, demons, good and evil, and just um, there's so many elements at play. And this actor that I, Clancy Brown, he was in that as well. And it's my goodness, that that series ended too soon. I think it was ahead of its time, like Penny Dreadful. 
Um, and I thought that if it came out now, it would do amazingly well. It only lasted two seasons, but I would highly recommend it. Charlie, you've been trying to get me to watch this show ever since you found out. Yes! <laughs> yes! Watch it. There, it there's got to be a free streaming service somewhere where you can see it. <laughs> or through the library or something, or Toronto Public Library. Um, it's such a good show, and I'd love to, you know, get your take on it. Sure. Yeah, I will uh, actually have access to HBO currently to the end of January. So that I is did, on it. But I know, but it's like that or Dexter New Blood. I don't think I have time for both. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, remember when I said it's picking up and I see where it's going? Uh huh. That switch that. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let me. If if by episode end of episode two, I'm I'm not feeling I'm not feeling the old Dexter vibes, then I'll, I'll switch to, to uh, Carnival and try to uh, binge it. Yeah, I'm just uh, started on that. Talk, it's just um, continuing with Penny Dreadful. <laughs> yeah, 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 Penny Dreadful. Let's get to it. Um, okay, wow, Penny Dreadful, um, created by John Logan. Uh, and I didn't look up what else he did or has done since. Do you know off by hand anything he's no. had a hand in? No, I'm not familiar with any of his work uh, besides Penny Dreadful. Um, let me, uh, let me do okay. a quick... He did City Angels. He did... I'm looking at it now. He did... Rango. So he Actually, I, I, I have okay. unintentionally watched one of his works. For illness. Yeah, I've seen actually quite a bit. If if he was a he was a screenwriter yeah. on Gladiator, that's Aviator, right. Aviator that's right, that's right. Okay, so I, apparently we have. Sweet I have watched Todd. a lot of his work. And the the Bond movies. Yeah. He did Skyfall and Spectre. Well, he can be forgiven for Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Spectre. Yeah. Right. And Last Samurai. But um I loved his work on the Coriolanus. Um, that's one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. Mm. Alien Covenant, too. Wow, he's got a long list of stuff. Yeah. Huh. I don't see any um, any other TV series, though. No, just movies. It looks like that might have been his first, his first, um, his first hand at it, and he left it to do City of Angels. Wow, oh, yeah, what? executive producer for City of Yeah, Angel. oh, jeez, what? Ah, what a piece of crap that was. My goodness, that was terrible. That's the uh, uh, spinoff of, uh, well, you can't be called a spinoff. Spinoff in title only. Yeah. Okay, I, I have not uh, seen. Yeah, what, what? I saw the first two episodes, and I just thought, what the hell is this? Compared to the great cast of actors in um in Penny Dreadful and the rich storylines and the textures and then to this. That's, oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the last thing he worked on uh, as far as yeah. television goes, it looks like. Yeah. What a, what a horrible, what horrible saying? show that was. Yeah. Okay, well, um he had a good idea here. Um I wonder if his work on um Uh, da, 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 the Demon Barter of Fleet Street here. Um, 
rubbed off on him for uh, Penny Dreadful. Sweeney Todd. Um, Wait, hold on. There's a there's a series coming out. No, no, no. He worked on he 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 was a scriptwriter for Sweeney Todd. Right with Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. That's right. Yeah, yeah I like the maybe maybe a bit of that that gothic in those. It was around the same time, I believe, same era. But mm. maybe he was coming off of that. Why he did such an amazing job with um, the Penny Dreadful. I don't yeah. know what happened with the City of Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, be that as it may, he got the idea of uh, combining all these classic liter- uh, literature characters yeah. in- into one in a much better uh, way than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie. Oh, did. yeah. Oh, Mr. Connery, rest in peace. But my goodness, you passed up Lord of the Rings for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> this This felt almost like the uh, apology of... <laughs> Even though it has yeah. nothing to do with each other as far as production goes, as far as yeah. I know, or writers, yeah. this felt like this is what it should have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, a league, and the thing is that the league, it started off okay, and then it just kind of went left, whereas Penny Dreadful, it, it just kept it consistent. That's yeah. what I liked about it. Each episode got darker. Each episode got more complex, and I loved the, how they they slowly um, peel back the layer of Vanessa and Malcolm, Sir Malcolm's relationship and the love-hate thing they have for each other because it's, and so many people, like a lot of different characters in the beginning assume that they're father and daughter. And Mm. there's a scene where he and Vanessa are arguing and he said, I forget what the daughter's name was, his biological daughter. And he said, Mia was the daughter I had, but you were the daughter I deserved. And there's such a dual meaning in that, right? Because yeah. of the affair and all the things that he did to his family. And then he sees Vanessa as this evil, spiteful little child. And he was just like, you're, you're what I, you're my penance. Like you're what I deserve. Not, not Mia. So yeah. I, I like that. That scene, that, those few words was just like, wow, that, that's a lot right there. And how he said it and how it was delivered. And the look she gives him like right back at you. She is the queen of the dark look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the yeah, they have one of the most interesting and conflicted relationships in yeah. all the television. It is yeah. Uh, it they oh man, you you can tell that they respect each other, but also yeah. there's that deep underlying Oops. feeling of of resentment. Oh yes, oh, and yes. but they they are locked together in this in their mutual love of Amina. Uh, before we get to our characters and influences and whatnot, first mm-hmm. let's talk about that intro. Um, the song played is called Demi Monde, okay. and oh. it is, yeah, it is. Uh, so Demi Monde means. Uh, it's from 19th century France. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a class of women considered to be of doubtful morality and social standing. Interesting. Yes. Uh, that's the name of the piece that's played in the opening intro. Which that is, is Vanessa to a T. That is Vanessa to a T. Yeah. Perfect name for it. And uh, beautiful collection of images and almost like puzzle pieces of what you're going to see in the in the series 
Um, and you know, the, it's the, funny. Mm-hmm. There's actually an HBO series coming out called Demi Moon. Oh, really? Yeah. J.J. Abrams is behind it. Oh, okay. I didn't uh-huh. hear that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a wonderful collection of images uh, of mm-hmm. of, of uh, future scenes or yep. or um, set up for for plots or or character. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, Vanessa's um, and Vanessa's power animal, the the scorpion. Mm-hmm. The scorpion, yeah, yeah, is uh, yeah. prominently in there. Uh, yeah. So. Really nice. It's 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 nice to see the art of the intro has had yeah. it completely gone. Um, we 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 did a kind of an era where we wouldn't get intros anymore. You would just get the title screen, mm-hmm. and then that was it. Um, I've always liked the intro because it kind of, especially for new viewers, it it kind of gives them a sense of theme to the show. Yeah. Um, Rather than you just jumping in there and kind of guessing what it is if you never heard of it, but uh, and it's a great piece of music too. I I have it on uh, one of my my kind of cinematic playlist mm-hmm. on Spotify. Uh, um, I but, it depends on the show for me. I don't mm-hmm. mind shows that just don't have the intro, um, it, but it depends on the the type of show that it is. But for Penny Dreadful, it definitely did a, a service, a good service to kind of give you a definitely a heads up on the feel of the show the tone of it yeah i i think especially genre shows benefit more from Mm -hmm. it than say like you know an nbc sitcom yeah a lot of um a lot of um hbo shows they they skipped it as well there's a few i've watched and it just shows you what city on a hill that's what i'm thinking of and it just uh-huh. showed it. It didn't really have an intro, and I, I appreciated that because I was just kind of okay. Let's get to the story. Yeah. But um, I did like it for Penny Dreadful. Definitely a lot of foreshadowing too. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. And he gets yeah. some. He gets some shots of the main characters as well. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yes. So the show is. It takes its roots um, in Victorian London, yeah. uh, turn of the century. Uh, not too long after the Jack the Ripper uh, killings, yeah. because they mentioned uh, after there's some killings uh, in, yeah. uh, in in London here, is Jack back? You hear that a lot from the yeah. uh, background. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of the so the first characters we are introduced to. Put back here. Mary uh Mary Shelley, she was actually um friends with um Lord Baron. Uh they all knew each other, they all hung out. Um and she was who did Dorian Gray? Was it Walter Wall was it the Oscar Wall that did Dorian Gray? Correct. Yeah. So maybe not him, but I do know that Mary Shelley and Lord Baron knew each other and a couple of the other writers of that genre at that time, they all hung out together uh-huh. and bounced ideas. So there's some familiarity in the work that I noticed when I read Frankenstein and a couple of Lord Baron's works. Right. Back in school, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I just, mm. um, I finished uh, Dracula late last year. Mm. Uh, fine. Finally, finally went all the way through it. Um, 
Thank you, Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I did have time to read it myself, but uh, I read that in high school. Yeah, I can barely remember it. Yeah, it's man. We we still after reading that, it's like we still have not got a fairly close adaptation of of the book. I mean, no, a lot of people say Bram Stoker's, uh, you know, the the one within the. Uh, 90s mm-hmm. was, was the closest and it probably was but even so that was yeah. still missing a lot i mean this man it, i would love to see a a, a faithful adaptation television i don't think series. we're gonna get it because each person so. walks away with their own take of how they yeah. see it oh yeah. having i was having a debate um with my cousin in with it was regards to Macbeth. And who the true villain was, and the three on um, three witches, and it's just like we've each read it a few times, and um, we still have different ideas of who the characters were, what the meaning of it was, and so I think that's the same case with Dracula. Right. They yeah. mean well, but it's just the interpretation is just off. Yeah, every everyone is trying to modernize it in, in, in some mm-hmm. way, or make it more clear, or yeah you know, not make it of the time. So it, it seems like, I guess, less offensive. And, and mm-hmm. it's um, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a damn good story. That's mm-hmm. man. It, I, even though Dracula is kind of barely in it as a character, yeah. you know, after, after the intro, he, he kind of disappears. But um, anyways, uh, let's get sidetracked there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we start the pilot at a gun show. Yes. If, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, Where uh, um, Ethan is performing and kind of like um, he's covering who he really is. He's a gunslinger pretending, he's a performer pretending who's really a gunslinger masquerading as a performer right it's just it's just weird and yeah. and you don't get a hint of just how dark the character really is and how 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 intelligent he is and the fact that he comes from a, a privileged background so i kind of yeah. like that it was uh, slowly like kind of stripped away the fact that he knew latin and all these things and it was just like wow so yeah, yeah. that was definitely good yeah um yeah uh josh hartnett who plays ethan chandler yeah. in the show um he or that's the uh, pseudonym name we were given mm-hmm. at first. Um, but yeah, as, as Charlene says, we find out a lot more about his background uh, later on. But he is sort of set up as the viewer's, um, viewer's eyes to this world, where we're, yeah. we, we, the audience is kind of Ethan. Um, yeah, as we're we're introduced to this world as he's being watched by these strange Londoners, these mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman and a lady, mm-hmm. um, and then are later approached by him. Well, first by uh, the lady, yeah, uh, Evergreen as Vanessa Ives, who is clearly trying to. She's using her wiles to kind of get him to listen. <laughs> yeah. um, and how can it not? She's dark, mysterious, and yeah. uh, attractive. Mm-hmm. And um, Ethan, uh, Ethan's character is a bit of a swaggering, 
American. Yeah. <laughs> who, they, you know. they both kind of have their misconceptions about each other just our mm -hmm. first meeting. She just thinks he's just going to be some hired gun and he thinks exactly what, what she's there for is to use her, her looks mm -hmm. and, you know, her femininity to kind of pull him in. And it, it's really great because they're both so wrong about each other. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see when they each realize, okay, they're not what the other is. And, and there's, there's a lot more to the story. So I like that they first, their first impression of each other is just so shallow. And then it just, it, it just, it slowly just stripped away, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he could have been just a hired gun and yeah. to be, to be kind of used. And if he survives, great. If not, well, you, you don't feel like they wouldn't have been too sad about it. Exactly. Um, so they really are kind of just using him. Using him. Yeah. 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 And it um, seems as just some sort of like um, gangly, um, Ill, in like ill-suited American, you know, just, just illiterate and loud and brash and not realizing that he's also playing a part as well. Yeah, exactly. Just someone they picked up at this Buffalo Bill Wild West show type of thing. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and uh, so it's not long after that, we're introduced to Timothy Dalton's character of Malcolm mm -hmm. Murray. So Malcolm Murray, uh, is, you recognize the last name. Murray is obviously Mina Murray's father. Mm -hmm. And she is the main female protagonist in Dracula. Um, Malcolm is an original character. He never appeared in the Dracula novel to no. my recollection. I don't think he did. No. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I don't even think her father was mentioned, uh, maybe in passing. But, um, and you, you find out that he is looking for his, his daughter, Mina. And so we're already we're getting, like, not long after the, the intro, we're getting changes to the Dracula story or what, yeah. you know, set, setting this up to be changes because yeah. Mal Malcolm, again, wasn't, wasn't in the book, would not have been searching for Mina. But um, already we're seeing um, a variation of the, the Dracula story. Many mm -hmm. more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very fast paced intro. It's it's yeah. like you're introduced to these three characters uh, fairly quickly, and then they are off to ne negotiate with kidnappers. Possibly, uh, you don't really know. Uh, uh, Ethan is really left in the dark of what's happening. Yeah. He's just told to burn his guns. Yeah. And uh, they, they go and meet these strange-looking people in an mm -hmm. underground part of, of London, in this really, really shady uh, area. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Sorry, and I, I think they're surprised at how well he handles it, and it doesn't actually phase him. Yes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I especially enjoy that. Hints that there's more to the story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, as, as as they find out that these aren't just regular uh, people, they are yeah. not vampires, but um, they are thralls. Yeah, really, really of vampires. Um, yeah. So they've they've obviously drunk of the blood, but they have not been turned. 
and they're like, uh, they're like Renfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and there's a amazing fight. Uh, yes. In that, it was a very exciting fight. Uh, lots of stabbing and shooting, mm-hmm. and bashing and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, they 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 see Ethan kind of show his stuff and uh, yeah. doesn't back down. So no. This is where they kind of get that inkling. It's like, oh, you know, maybe we can use him again. Maybe he'll be more exactly. useful to us. <laughs> and he wasn't. Thought. And and these like creepy looking people. I love the fact that he didn't. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't surprised. And when I say like, um, it kind of it kind of gives us the audience uh, and them like a hint as if to say, okay, there's a little bit more here. Like, why wasn't he thrown off? Why wasn't he afraid that? Oh my God, these people. They look like they look so anorexic. Like sick. Mm-hmm sickly looking people and it didn't phase him a bit so yeah. it kind of gives you like a, a, a very quick if you miss it glance at there's more to the story here and that he should have been afraid so that was their question like why didn't you run why were you why were you totally unfazed by this yeah. and for me the first time watching i'm like okay there's definitely more to the story here because i would have been out of there like speedy gonzalez <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he was just shooting like it was nothing. Like, and then you find out like his background. It's like, okay, really, it's really is just everyday thing for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what did what did you think? Uh, what were your first impressions of uh, Vanessa? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I knew there was more to her. Um, kind of um, a little bit arrogant. Um. Mm. Oh, arrogant, but you, yeah, snobby, and just kind of like the way she was, um, the way she just thought that she could just throw a look a man's way, like Ethan's way, and he would just fold. And then, even though she was arrogant and she had a sharp tongue, you can kind of see that there was more behind that. Like she just looked, um, what was the word? I'm trying. What's the word I'm trying to think of? She just looked conf- not conflicted, but just tortured. Like there was something, there was something going on about her, and you could see she was just in a constant state of flux, where she went from happy for like a second, and then angry, and then just tormented, especially at night when it came to her sleeping. So my first impression was beautiful, smart woman, but you could tell that there's, there's just like a bit of a sadness to her, um, yeah, in her mannerisms, yeah, especially yeah. describe it. A when sadness. We watched the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah. The, the sadness I got right, right from the beginning. Yeah, uh, and even even though she was, you know, uh, smiling at at Ethan, you, you you get the sense that she was, you know, kind of feigning it. Yeah. And, um. But and then you're kind of wondering why is she in this? Yeah. Location, like like what yeah. is she bringing to this to this group? Um, yeah. You know, other than you know, be it being pretty, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, of course, you find out later on that um, she's the draw. <laughs> yeah, and well, the connection she has. Yeah, um, yeah she is basically the compass. Um, exactly. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I like the reveal that really wasn't really about Mina all this time. It was always about Vanessa. Mina mm-hmm. was just the bait to pull Vanessa out. You know, yes, and um, and Vanessa. I guess her dark side is kind of awakened when she sees Sir Malcolm getting it on with her mom, you know, because she kind of talks about that in the flashbacks and it's almost like it's always been there. And then the seance with Madame Cowley and then her night of 
her night of um, passion with Dorian. Right. And then you hear the, and I love that scene because the scent chills down my back where you, where you just hear this voice says, there you are. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, we learned through flashbacks. Uh, what a yeah. fan, fantastic episode of flashback with, with yeah. her, her, her childhood with, and, yeah. and, and the relationship they had with the, uh, the Murrays. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, and she talks about that darkness always being there. It's always been in there, which is why she was so religious and hanging on so tight. It was because she knew there was a darkness within her. And she knew that um, that's why she wasn't, she didn't tell anybody with her mom and Sir Malcolm getting it on because she kind of enjoyed it. And she knew that it was yeah. that, dark, that dark, sinister part of her that did enjoy that, yeah. that, that enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and just hats off to to uh eva green for her portrayal mm-hmm. because she went you know far beyond uh, oh, yeah. of this character uh i mean but between the uh the, the later on with the uh p- possession scene mm-hmm. and, and the, the seance mm-hmm. just the way she of, can just contorted her body and her facial expressions and stuff like that it was just like oh my God, this one's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was just like enraptured by her performance. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. She, I mean, I, I've always liked her, but I've never yeah. really seen her showcase so much. Like, I think this series yeah. showcased her talent more than any movie that she's been in. It did. It has. Uh, it has. You know, Far more than, than um, Casino Royale because it didn't really do her, de- her justice in showing her range of acting. No, no. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I could see where she had a like prolonged um, exposure and that she was in another television series. It only lasted a year, though, uh, one season. It was, um, oh, what was it called? Was it called Excalibur? But it was a king. It was, they were delving into the King Arthur myth. And it ran for one season. And I can't remember the name of it. How about uh, Malcolm Murray? Mm-hmm. Uh, driven, I would say. Really. Ruthless, driving passionate, and just. I don't know. But he had a soft side in his regard to Vanessa, Sembi, and Ethan. Um, and once they each got over, like once he got over that that initial period with with um, with Vanessa and with Ethan, his loyalty to them was unquestionable. Like right. his protect, like the way he protected them. Um, I don't want to jump seasons here, but the and even the way he stood up to Ethan's father and did what Ethan couldn't do, you know, and right. it was just so simple, just because he's my son, just like yeah. that. So um, I loved it. So he's rough. But once you got past that and you were in his protection, you just knew you were you were good. You were set. Yeah, a uh, uh, competent fighter and hunter. Yeah, and, very smart. Yeah, and and you learn more about his hunting um, skills uh, mm-hmm. later on as you find out about his uh, origin. Uh, and uh, it's, it's kind of like a callback to Alan Quartermain. Exactly. I, I was yeah. going to bring that up later uh, in. in yeah, he is definitely the Alan Cordemain yeah. stand-in for this. Um, yeah. 
I would also say he's kind of the um, Van Helsing as well. Uh, yes. Maybe maybe not so much in the knowledge, but as and he he's more of like the Anthony Hopkins Van Helsing. Yep. Yeah. Um, than say like from the book. Uh, yeah. The, the book he's more elderly and he's actually probably better portrayed in the few scenes uh, Van Helsing is in uh, in Penny Dreadful. That's he's the most age appropriate Van Helsing I've seen. So the series you're thinking of is Camelot. By the way. Camelot, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, again, and it's Timothy Dalton. I love Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he shows up in a film or that, he's just. Uh, I, like a lot of people didn't like him as Bond, but I thought he did a good job as Bond. He was, he was a palate cleanser after Roger, Roger Moore. Roger Moore, yeah. Who was, I like to refer to as the goofy Bond. They almost like, almost caricature Bond. You didn't like I liked Roger Moore's Bond I, too. I didn't say I didn't like him, but <laughs> compare him to Sean Connery's Bond. Oh, that's and true. Definitely seen at, at, at least in the last few movies. And yeah. the, the first yeah. movies, I, I thought he was better. Yeah, um, that's I, true. I, I did, but when you got to Moonraker, it was like okay. Yeah, now it's <laughs> just, just getting ridiculous. That's now, true. Now we're getting really, really we have laser gun fights in space, and I don't know what's going on. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, so so to me, by the end of Moore's run, um, yeah, he he was he was a palate cleanser, and it was like this more ruthless Bond. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and it's funny because no one else did, and then you brought. Pierce Bronson, who is uh, al- almost like the video game version of Bond. Yes. Like, this is the perfect Bond. Yeah, yeah. In looks, in everything. And I was, I was bored. I didn't. Yeah. I was bored. I did, not, I did not like his movies. Not, oh. not one bit. I never even not finished all of them. Yeah. There's just something really lecherous about him with the female character, the female leads as well. I just didn't like right. No, yeah. no, me neither. Uh, and then you know Daniel Craig, and let's who does he most remind me of? He reminds me Sean most Connery. of Timothy or Sean Connery, but I I get a lot of Timothy Dalton in there too. Oh, that's true too. Um, yeah, just as more of a tough guy Bond. Yeah, uh, not not so much a pretty boy uh, Bond. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, and and like since like <laughs> Timothy. Timothy has such range. He he does comedy yeah. well. Yeah. Um, he was fantastic in Hot Fuzz as the villain That's in Hot right. Fuzz. He has such a, a, a wry sense of humor and, yeah. and, and like and he's underrated too, because not a lot of people realize his range. And for me, Penny Dreadful really um, cemented it for me. I'm like, this guy's actually a really good actor. Yeah, when I saw him in it, and he he brings his A game no matter what he, he yeah. plays in. Like I'm, uh, I watched the show Doom Patrol where he's he's Miles Chandler, and he's really interesting in that. And he's 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 kind of an awful person, but mm-hmm. you can't help liking him as 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 well um so i'm yeah i i I was so glad when he got cast and uh yeah he when when i say he plays a gentleman i'm i'm using like the 
old English term of a gentleman who mm-hmm. are not necessarily gentlemen, are kind of a bit warmongering, a bit like um, privileged. So-called civilized people. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, so-called civilized yeah. when they're going yeah. to other countries. And, like, yeah, don't even get uh, me started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, he is that form of old English, but you also see that the people around him helps him to change. Uh, yeah, it's, that's it's true. More passionate. Um, Especially when him and Vanessa reconcile and he chooses Vanessa over Mina. And, he's like, and he just yeah. says, and this time when he says, I'm saving my daughter, it, it's softer. And there's much more depth behind, depth behind it right. and less, um, less venom that he spewed, than he spewed in the earlier episodes. Sorry, I'm just going to change my television here because I'm currently looking at Rick and Morty and I feel like giggling every minute. So let me just change your channel. <laughs> I love this show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I like that. That It was definitely a nice um, bringing it back to when he says the word daughter and when he refers to Vanessa Ives. It was just the, there was more feeling behind it. And the look that they shared, like she felt it and you could tell she really appreciated it. Because yeah. even though in the earlier episode when he says it, when he says to her, you're the daughter I deserve. Yeah. Um, even though there's hatred, there's also like, like he caught her deep with that, he, yeah. and you could see that on her face too. So she does a great job of mixing like anger and pain all at once, yeah, in just a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like kind of relief, acceptance, yeah, and yeah. love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's the introduction of that. You find out that. Malcolm's daughter has been abducted by someone. They never name him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, <laughs> even though they kind of take Ethan into their confidence, they really don't do a good job of explaining everything that's happening. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> He's kind of keeping them in the dark too, though. About yeah. his past as well. So, and especially the scene, you know, the massacre at the bar. So he's kind of. He's got his. He's keeping his cards close too. So it goes both ways. They don't fully trust each other. I think to the very end of the season where it's just like, okay. And even then he still doesn't tell them what he is. No. Like it, it right away, Evelyn Poole and her, and her, um, her coven know right away what he is. And, um, and that, and I'm thinking, how does, how does Vanessa and Frankenstein and everybody else not figure out that's what he is? Especially with the type of killings. But I guess, you know, it's kind of implied that, Shape changers are not really here in Britain. It's, yeah, it's yeah. more of an American thing. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and again, it goes back to them thinking of he's surface only, a typical American. Yeah. 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 Spoiler <laughs> alert uh, Ethan is a werewolf. Yeah, I'm really bad with this. Sorry. You got to help keep me on track because I'll just keep babbling and tell everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, so I, I get it, it kind of shows that his kind of supernaturalness is a, a kind of a different level than uh, vampires and, and yeah. demons and stuff. It, it's this is more rooted in, in Native, Native American yes. lore and culture and mysticism. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that they went with that aspect because I've seen Me too. many, many, many origins of the werewolf. Uh, yeah. But one, the shape changer. Uh, That's definitely Native American. 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's persisted in other types of media. Um, yeah, skinwalkers uh, they're called too. Skinwalkers, yep. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the game I used to play a role playing game called Werewolf the Apocalypse, um, mm-hmm. very steeped in uh, Native American uh, culture, and they were kind of warriors of the earth. Really, they were they were kind of shown yeah. as the good guys, and the vampires were the kind of corruption of the earth as the bad guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. And I love. Uh, sorry. No, that did my heart glad seeing uh, when that his origin. And I love that that's like um, that's brought up because in a lot of uh, sci-fi and paranormal shows, it's always told with the Eurocentric um, angle, like POV, and it's never told from the actual people, the indigenous people, and their own their own culture, their own their own superstitions, their mm-hmm. beliefs and gods, and and that's why I, I sidetracked to that's what I loved about American Gods that it addressed that. Right. And the different, um, the different uh, native gods according to the different um, bands or tribes that they were in. So right. I like that they touched on that too, in American Gods and in Penny Dreadful, the massacre of the Native Americans, what was done to them, and um, how they used their their belief and their um, their faith, you know, to kind of help them get to continue uh, to help them get through it. So that's what I respected about both shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh homework homework was done. Yeah. Um he John Logan and the other writers uh who worked on the show, um I'm gonna name a few of the lead ones here. Um so it was John Logan, Andrew Henderaker, and mm-hmm. Christy Wilson Cairns. Um yeah, they did their homework. Um this the show reminded me of uh, in regards to delving into real life real life mythology uh, but actual mythology and whatnot um, was uh the closest thing I compare it to is Mike Mignola's Hellboy who's comic yeah. frequently what he would he would get all his stories from um other cultures, mythology, and and, and whatnot, and and uh, Hellboy would you know go to these other other places and encounter you know uh, these strange demons, ghosts, uh, mythological creatures, and whatnot. But they all he always did his research. In this. Yeah. And not only does this show take upon the classic literature, it also goes into other mythologies and uh, beliefs, which is. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, it's kind of like Neil Gaiman, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was three of our main characters, but this has this show has a lot of main characters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go over to a Mr. Um, uh, Victor? A, a, young, a young doctor. Yes. <laughs> a, young, a, young, a young surgeon who his first introduction is is kind of interesting as they uh, they bring a, a wounded uh, was it Ethan who was wounded? Yep. Yeah, and they're, so they're fi- trying to find basically a stitch man, and so they go to this underground um, place where surgeons are yep. practicing their being surgeons on on 
bodies and, use, and using the poor people as test subjects using poor people as test subjects uh digging yeah. up bodies and this is this is all true this this stuff yeah. happened because there was a shortage of courses for medical mm -hmm. students to practice on so in order to keep up with their studies and skills and whatnot they would pay grave robbers to uh <laughs> bring them bodies so they could you know study the anatomy and and, and and practice their stitching and all that. Um, but Victor took it to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, Victor Victor was there for other reasons. Um, yes, it was to practice as well. Um, yeah. As he, this is early in his career. But um, he had another obsession with death. Anyone familiar with the Frankenstein story knows what Victor is all about. Mm -hmm. What's interesting here is that they pull a uh, they pull the carpet out from under us because he uh, he does resurrect a body he does resurrect someone and uh, we are given like a, an entire episode getting to know this uh, person he he has brought back and he's very yeah. kind with him he's treating him like his his son almost. Um, yes. Uh, what was the name of the? What, what did he call him? Adam? Was it Adam? Yeah, I just I just remember in the book. Um, so wait a minute. So you mean after he Proteus? Proteus. That's yes. yeah, yeah. When he read when he resurrected Proteus, um, or brought brought him to life, um, we are we are given a, like a, an entire episode of him teaching Proteus how to be someone again yeah and um proteus is very childlike at first yeah um until he starts to remember things of his of his uh when, when he was alive first time he was alive and, and it comes back to him in pieces yeah yeah, yeah his memory is, is is fragmented but uh and and victor doesn't seem to want to um, really help him remember. No, no, he because no. he, he 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 locks him away in in the uh, in the house like a pet. Yeah, and um, it's, he, even even though he's seems to be kind, he is like you. You're mine now. You have to do what I say. Uh, worm. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering with, sorry, we're talking about John Clare, right? Um, or the second one? No, yeah, we're talking about the first one. Oh, the first one, okay. Yeah, who, who is Proteus. Um, no, I don't recall that. You don't recall wasn't John, that? Wasn't John Clare his first one? Well, yeah, his first one, but not the first one we see. Yes, okay, okay. Got it, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah we, okay, don't, we don't right. know. We don't even know. We think, like the audience thinks, this this is Frankenstein's monster. You know that this That's is right. Yeah, we we don't know until yeah. the very end of the episode. Uh, yes. So, that so after, another. yeah, that there's another that. So we see Victor. We we see is the, the very kind but somewhat controlling side of Victor, mm -hmm. but. By and far, he is, you know, being 
nice and yeah and whatnot um and it's not until the the end of the episode where as they say the prodigal son now this is episode yeah, two that prodigal son returns I had to rewind it when I saw that. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did that just happen? And I, then I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was one of the most memorable character introductions. Entrances. Yeah. That's I why I thought when you were saying Porteous, I'm like, no. And then I remembered that's right. That's right. Yeah. Along came um, John. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so we have his first creation, uh, played by John LeClaire. Yeah. Uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster, real Frankenstein's monster, the one yeah. from the book, the yeah. uh, the articulate but spiteful and vengeful yeah. monster that oh, Victor and he is. And basically abandons. Yeah, yes. he's cruel too. He's he's done his own. While he continue like his hypocrisy, if we can just jump in for a second, it's mm -hmm. just like you're blaming Frankenstein for everything, but you do some really evil deeds yourself, buddy. <laughs> that you can't fully blame on Victor. Um, a lot of it you just did just to be mean, yes. just to, just to be spiteful. Um, and it was just awful. I, and I'm thinking of his of Victor's mentor. That's why I'm remembering it now. Yeah. 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 Um. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the monster uh, basically rips Proteus in, into yes. half, in, like right down the middle, split. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so delightful. My expression story. was the same as Victor. I think my facial expression was the same as Victor. I was like, "What in the world?" <laughs> um. Yeah. So showing showing his uh. Immense strength, mm -hmm. and uh, no wonder Victor is so terrified uh, <laughs> of him. As uh, yeah, he he just will. It it, it is the uh, the monster's duty to not let Victor have any joy in his life, yep. and, and he yep. makes it known. Yeah, and this is by far the closest monster we've had to the book yeah. uh, he's intelligent he's articulate mm -hmm. he he is nothing like the boris karloff frankenstein which uh is iconic in its own right in movie mm -hmm. uh, you know history but it's not franken it's not frankenstein's monster uh, no uh leclerc's is Frankenstein's monster, and it's a much yeah. more interesting monster than yeah. the one that we we've seen in uh, on the silver screen. Yep. Um, these yeah. two relationship. Oh boy. Uh, oh my gosh. That takes a whole other podcast. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. I, would, I would love for a psychologist to sit in with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot to dissect. He, yeah, that's a lot. He refers to him as his creator. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he's just, every word is just hateful. Venom, yep. And, and resentful yep. and just, oh, just, just terrible. And but, I'm reminding him that they're bound for life. Like, when he's like, you will yes. never get rid of me. I will always, always 
be that shadow looking over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and to be honest, Victor did not treat him well. Uh, no, he didn't. He was, as, as we saw in flashbacks, he mm-hmm. he treated him like just an he treated him like an experiment, um, yeah. which is, but which he learned from. I mean, he was acted much better towards Proteus, but <laughs> then his 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 original creation sees uh, this because he was spying on him the whole time. And just his anger grew and grew and grew and You know why? I think it's because John Clare was he was just disfigured, you know? Whereas yeah. um Proteus and um and the um oh my goodness Helen. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think because they were just more aesthetically pleasing to the eye and they could pass. Whereas John, you look at him and you know there's something off. And I think the ugliness in Victor, um, I think he saw that in John physically. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think he saw John's um, disfigurement as a reflection of who he was on the inside and who he, and whereas Helen and um, the second one, the second creation, were more what he wanted to be normal, being able to pass, being able to blend in. And Victor was always, he never thought like that. He was always the outsider looking and always the oddball. And I think John was the personification of everything that he hated. Um, yeah, and I think that's why he just 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 abandoned him. And I think that's why he, he just didn't like him. He just, yeah. he treated him the way that he did because he saw him as just another freak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was mispronouncing his name. I kept saying Leclerc, it's Kinnear. Okay. Um, oh, Rory Kinnear. Yeah. Rory Kinnear, yeah. As as the creature, yeah. Um, yeah, who who wasn't even given a name? No. Um, but yeah, he uh, yeah he yeah he calls himself John Clare uh, after the English poet mm-hmm. eventually. Um, but it's it's interesting because first he gives oh, does he give himself the name Caliban? Caliban. He gives himself the name. Caliban. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that, and that's a Shakespearean reference. Uh, yeah. Uh, He's ugly and disfigured. And, yeah. and again, I'm Sandman is popping into my head too. <laughs> <laughs> Caliban is in Sandman. Um, so yeah, and I think it's, uh, I think that's why he names himself that. Like it's deliberate, you know, because of who, of what the character represented and his looks and, and that why John gave himself that name. And yeah. you can see that he kind of goes through the transformation when he renames himself John Clare. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after after we get a bit of that, and and um, Victor becomes kind of the 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 fourth person in uh, uh, Vanessa and Ethan and crew. Yeah. Yeah, their their circle there. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of form uh, this uh, vampire hunter fellowship here. Yeah. Um, My one criticism is that um, they never found out that Victor created John. Even when John, even when Victor realizes that John and Vanessa know each other, he still keeps it to himself. You know, it's yeah. never revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Again, another loose end. Yeah. 
you would think. And I that always would... thought to myself, why didn't he stay in the house with Vanessa when she was begging him to stay? What are you doing just the two of them? He could have yeah. taken over Asembi's role and become an assistant to Malcolm or just maintain the, become like a groundskeeper and maintain the house. Like, I mean, that was my one slight criticism was that they didn't utilize this character more. And I've read other blogs and stuff like that where people essentially say the same thing. His character was not utilized enough, especially no. in his interactions with Vanessa and everybody else. Yeah, no, he would have been a great was. asset. Yeah, he would have. I, I know. It's like you have this <laughs> immensely strong and intelligent man. Um, he, he would have been a major asset. But I think I think because Victor was there, he would not do it. He Yeah, that's true. He wouldn't help him. He wouldn't help him, let alone help Victor's companions. Um, but I think and, Vanessa was his weak spot though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they they could have showed some struggle in, in yeah. uh, trying to, you know, um, help her, but that also means helping Victor. Yeah, and, uh, they, yeah, they could have did something uh, there with him. Yeah, uh, he would have he... made a great. It would have been a great uh, plot line too. Yeah, I, oh, I think my if we God, got Bob Saget is dead. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Sorry, um, it just popped up now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm watching TV twenty four sixty five. Oh. Smokes. We lost Sydney uh, Poitier too a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. that comes in threes. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but but we do we do follow Frankenstein uh, after and uh, sorry. I'm gonna say Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster, the creature, okay. John Leclerc, who's not named John Leclerc yet. It's Calibre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Multiple aliases. Yeah. Um, he goes on a bit of a journey too because okay, well he's in London. He has to like eat. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. You know, live off of Victor. He doesn't want to do that. So uh, he he has to make his own way. And uh, he does that by joining a, uh, a wax museum um, show. Oh, that. Yeah. That, uh, then did that family get what was coming to them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, or sorry. No, not the wax museum. He was first in the theater. The theater. The theater, theater yes. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. basically becomes Phantom of the Opera at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like heavily, heavily, this is Phantom of the Opera. Um, which is another character that could have been used, but they mm-hmm. kind of just merged him into it here. Been, yeah. And here we see much more of his humanity and his mm-hmm. ability to express love, but yes. in a bad way. He doesn't know how yeah. to do it. He was never taught. Right? He was never taught. He's he just kind of a slave like a to his emotions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, that doesn't, uh, he, he makes good friends with the, uh, the owner and operator, um, of, of, of this, uh, the kind of morbid, uh, <laughs> stage theater act that goes on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he falls, he starts to fall for the, the, the lead actress there and, um, She's kind of 
nice to him, but then cruel to him, and then it's it's like she doesn't know how to act around him. Um, she's given off mixed signals, basically. Yeah. Um, and but I like and she she's repulsed by his looks. Uh, yes. She's vain, definitely a vain. And, and but she likes everything else about him, but can't can't get past it. Yeah, because he is he's everything that she would like her boyfriend to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she is. She's not. She wouldn't be good for him anyways. Uh, but no. yeah, he at one point he forces himself on her. Yeah, because she he thinks she likes him because she she's she's a bit of a tease too though. I yeah. agree with you. She's a bit of a tease. She let him on for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, eventually uh, he he gets uh, he he has to uh, he has to leave because of uh, that incident. Um, you just feel sorry for him because I yeah. mean the way people treat him and the way he just has to absorb it, even though like he can snap their necks with without even thinking about it, right. and he just absorbs it. And you see him apologizing, and the way he keeps his head down, it's like. Very yeah, you know what? Not, yeah, and I get his rage at Victor because it's like you did this to me. Yeah. You know why did you bring me back? Why didn't you just leave me for dead? And yep. and then when you find out more about his past, which again I didn't like the way they they rushed that storyline. Yeah. Um, it's even more heartbreaking, you know. And then his 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 revealed connection to Vanessa, and that was just a memory that was robbed of him, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just like, man. You know what? No, he's not hypocritical. V- Victor did him dirty. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. he 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 is a he's a very tragic. How come you back to me now? Yeah. <laughs> There's a few tragic characters in this. Yeah, yeah. almost all of them are tragic characters. Yes. <laughs> if if sorrow and tragedy is your thing, watch Penny Dreadful. Oh yeah. No one really gets a happy ending. Nobody. <laughs> uh, if they make it through to the end. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, yeah, we we can go on. It, it between the relationship between him and Victor is always kind of fiery, and um, eventually, um, the, the kind we we just kind of find out about them. But their stories kind of meander until yeah. until um, uh, Caliban says, "I want a mate." And then, yeah. you know, he says, give this to me and, yeah. you know, I will leave you alone, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, completely forgetting what Victor did to him and that just assuming it was just going to be that easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, the, Proteus was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy process. Um, and then that leads us a bit back to uh, Ethan, and we're introduced to one of my favorite characters and an amazing actress uh, in her right, Brona Croft, uh, played by Billy Piper. Yes, that was her name, Brona. Sorry, not Helen. Brona Croft, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's introduced to uh, kind of a streetwise uh, woman, uh, who sells her services of well, kind of anything that she can get money for, really? Yeah. Um, and uh, 
she is staying at the same place that uh, Ethan is staying at, and he's they're kind of immediately attracted to each other. Both Ethan is, I think, really really likes her her mind and personality, and she's just so different to the other English yeah. women. Yeah, because she uh, just cut the bullshit. Yeah, she was. Um, she just cut right through it, and she didn't try to pretend or anything like that. And I think he was drawn to that, and the fact that she was dying and she was still so fierce, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they form a uh, a wonderful relationship, and I, I really they 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 fit each other well. Yep. And Ethan might have had a bit of a white night complex going on there just a uh, bit, just a bit. Uh, <laughs> but he means well and um and, and she you know is, is scared of him at first she's scared of his attention she doesn't understand why someone would be paying attention to her this dying girl um but uh, eventually uh eventually accepts him yeah uh but yeah, things things don't go very well for her. <laughs> no. Um, so, and this is where the the genius of the show comes out in its ability to um, when they, when they do do it is is mix the storylines and mm-hmm. and kind of take a character who you think might just be an added character, but then turns out to be something more. Yeah, as um, she ev- eventually succumbs to uh, her illness, she has uh, TB. Yeah, TB. Yeah, and uh, it's such a sad scene. Her 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 death scene. <laughs> yeah, helped and by again, Victor, right? <laughs> so now we have Victor is treating her because Ethan brought him to her to try to save her life, but. Yeah. It, she's she's too far gone. She is going to die. But now Victor has Caliban breathing down his neck to get him a mate, and Victor, in his, his dubious morality here, takes the woman that Ethan loves, and while he's going to get like a bowl of hot water or 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 something, uh, smothers her. <laughs> It's and then turns around and falls in love with her and doesn't. Oh, so, yeah, it is so bad, but it's like, what other show do you know would do something like this? I know, twisted. So now we got a fresh corpse, and oh, don't worry, I'll take care of her. <laughs> yeah, we know you'll take care of her. Oh he starts, man, like, a bit of necrophilia there. He starts like feeling her up and yeah. Yeah, so you you really get the feeling that, and I don't think they mentioned Victor ever being like a fiance. They kind of took that out, didn't they? That he was. Yeah, they did. Yeah, he had a fiance because in the book yeah. he had. Yeah, he, he, he did. did. Yeah. Um. So he's like he's almost as immature as the creature, as as far as yeah. as far as the opposite sex goes, and and yeah. Impulsive, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
yeah, we have that connection. And uh, another connection was when we were introduced with the nut man, there was a lot of characters in the last in these first two mm-hmm. episodes. Um, the last major character we were in- introduced to is uh, a, a young aristocrat named Dorian Gray. Yeah. Who takes a liking to Vanessa. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's the darkness in her that attracts him. Yeah. He exactly. sees it. Yeah. Um, he's, he's another character who's, who's almost like the mirror image of uh, Caliban and mm-hmm. that wasn't utilized in the main story very much at all. He was always kind of a peripheral character yeah. who would interact with with the main characters, but didn't directly affect their story. Yeah, other and than that, and a personal no, other than like a personal way. He wasn't he wasn't properly utilized either because they could have gone more with his storyline. But that night where he takes um, Ethan to to see that that vicious fight. And yeah. just showing him, like, you really want to see demented and, st- and like, twisted and things you haven't seen before. And then he shows him, like, the real dark underbelly of London. And the way he kind of helps Ethan that night by consoling him and then, you know, the two of them making love afterwards. It was just, it was an odd scene. Not odd because it was the two of them. It's just that I didn't see it coming, number one. But it was a pleasant surprise in the sense that... He knew what Ethan needed. He just needed companionship, and he needed a way to um, to just not think about his past. He needed he needed something, and by it was it was weird because you know they say like you know violence and sex kind of go hand in hand. Sometimes uh-huh. it was like it was like the violence of what they saw. It's hard to put into words when I'm trying to get at it. The violence of what they saw. Um, was kind of like the build that was like a catalyst for what had the rage that Ethan was feeling that night, what he always feels, but that particular night, it really just came out in him. Yeah. And uh, Dorian was kind of there to say, I get it. I understand what you're going through and to kind of bring him back down from that because it was like, he just didn't know what to do with himself because he was just so angry. And having seen that, that cruelty with the dogs and the fighting and them, it, it, it just, it touched him. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it triggered him and Dorian was in the right place at the right time. He was, he was the right person at that time to help him address that. Cause I don't think anyone else would have got, would have maybe Vanessa would have got what he was feeling right. and um, having, having seen everything. I think that kind of what he saw within the pits was just, I'm having trouble putting to, to mind what I'm saying. I think it just, it, it triggered something in him that Dorian understood and yeah. related to and was able to offer him comfort with and say, you know, it's okay. Like I get it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. much more depravity than you think. And this is, this is what it is. This is what the real world was like. And I understand you. It was, it was that almost, makes any sense. Yeah. It was almost an, an awakening uh, yeah. for, for Ethan and um, showing that, you know, like he, it's like Dorian could tell, like you said, like there, there was a darkness in uh, Ethan. He could probably tell that he has killed people um, mm-hmm. before, um, and he and and this was just after a, uh, a he had a fight with uh, Brona, mm-hmm. and, and she rejects uh, him. Yeah, she rejects him. Uh, she she thinks 
he's try he was trying to make her into something that she wasn't. Yep. And um and like I that, think Vanessa that was not her as well. Yeah, yeah, Vanessa Vanessa kind of yeah. Yes, that yeah, she was saw Vanessa and Vanessa, yeah. you know, this 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 fine portrait of a of a of a lady uh, and, surface. According <laughs> yeah, according yeah, from what Brona could see. Yeah. Um, just kind of really uh, made her feel small and insignificant and out of place. And she was more mad at herself than yeah. Ethan. I yeah. think she was really uh, coming down hard on herself. Um, but uh, so Ethan was feeling kind of, oh, we, we just broke up, I think. And then, you know, Dorian uh, steps in. Mm-hmm. Um, not really knowing Ethan very well, but he, yeah, like he did sense. Like oh he he was in torment. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Dorian is an interesting character in that he's like I said he didn't have much effect on the main plot, but he was a catalyst for a lot of characters. Yes, in at certain moments of their lives, whether it was maybe Ethan, that was the point. Yeah, Vanessa, I, Vanessa, yeah, especially Vanessa um, as she switches over to the dark side as as, yeah. as the, the the demon kind of awakens in her um, at the moment of their uh, uh, lovemaking there. Yeah. um, Yeah, so he, Dorian is there to bring a person's passions out, it seems. Yep, yep. You know, um, and he's just fun to watch. (laughs) He's he's just just pure debauchery, really. Yeah, he is. Um, Harry Harry Treadaway, uh, he did uh, sorry, not Harry Treadway. That's uh, Victor. Um, oh, who played? Uh, who played I'm Dorian? Looking it up right now. Reeve Carney. Reeve Carney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very fun to watch. Uh, I, I, I did really like his portrayal. Um, he was. He's kind of naive, but he's mm-hmm. knowledgeable in other ways. Like uh, there, there's, he doesn't know much about. It, it's funny how he doesn't know much about the supernatural. It seems yet he is supernatural <laughs> with his portraits. Uh, yeah. Like that, that whole spiritualist uh, seance kind of freaked him out. Yeah, uh, you can tell it interested him, but he was like, "Oh, I'm not sure what's going on here." Um, but uh, I, I did enjoy his character. I wish he was utilized more. Um, but yeah, he's and, and he's there for uh, uh, both of Brona and Lily's storyline, which yes, Brona turns into Lily after Victor resurrects her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, like he kind of. We and, and and he he gets more he gets more stuff um, once uh, Lily is kind of established and he he has more to do there. Uh, but yeah, um, not too much more to say. That we the, the the season can uh, continues. We learn more about uh, Vanessa's background and Malcolm's background, their connection. Um, the, the hunt for Mina, the connection she has with Mina, that she could, she's basically a psychic compass because she yep. received 
messages from Mina, or but this is allowed by Dracula because yes. Uh, the but then and the guys. but then you kind of find out too. Mina's um she's also leading them on as well because she she you realize she's more in control than she than she leads them to believe. Whereas yeah. they think it's all Dracula. It's actually her too. She's a part of it as well. It is uh, at this. Like we don't know it, but she's already been taken. Yes, right, uh, right. Because because the he's playing upon the writers are playing upon our knowledge of Mina surviving uh, the the book, surviving mm-hmm. the movie, and it's like oh they're 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 going to rescue her. She's an innocent cop and all that. It it yeah. never once occurred to me when I was watching that she had already been taken. And it's it's funny too because Mina's this Mina's light and Vanessa's dark, and it's just coming to me yes. now. She's this beautiful, angelic, blonde hair, the ideal image of innocence, and Vanessa's yeah. the opposite. And then you find out that it's actually flipped. Yeah. Um, and that Mina's been the a part of it the, the whole time. She's been the the devil in disguise the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a uh, amazing climatic fight between our heroes and what we assumed was Dracula, but yeah. it was not just another get of, uh, of, of, of him. And cause I mean, all, everything looked like it was going to be Dracula. The, yeah. the brides, all the vampire yeah. brides around him. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a, there's a, there's a great fight in the theater. And, uh, oh, by the way, that, it wasn't him. Mm. Yeah, you find out what it wasn't him, and the, the, the search will continue. Um, also, the the resurrection of Lily happens at the end of the first season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. now, yeah. So now, Frankie uh, <laughs> Frankenstein's creature has 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 his bride, who was Ethan's girlfriend up until her death. Um. They should have uh, met. Yeah, why did yeah. I? That's, that's one of the many things, the, the little little things that I'm I I critique about the show. It's like I don't. They, there's so much more they could have done I with know. the third, with the fourth season, just to kind of tie it up for us. And I yep. felt like we got robbed of that, man. I know, I know. Um, but uh, all all the all the main characters uh, survive. Uh, yep. A bit changed uh, at the end of it. Yeah, we we find out also that Ethan is indeed a werewolf. Yeah, uh, as a few, a couple of bounty hunters uh, sent by his uh, father is yeah. uh, finds him in London, and he does not go quietly. No, and, he does uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rips them to pieces. Literally, my God, that was a brutal scene. Yeah. It's a good one though. I, re- I rewound it and I watched it again. It was actually a really good scene because you could see it coming. You could see yep. his tension building and those bounty hunters in their arrogance are just, they're just not reading the room. Yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly, yeah. Um, one other character that was introduced who I thought was really fun uh, did have a lot to do in the first season, but um, he 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 later he, uh, shows his worth later on uh, was uh, Ferdinand Ferdinand Lyle, yes, the e- Egyptologist. 
I uh, liked him. I liked him a lot too. He yeah. was he stole his scenes. Uh, he, 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 did. Was great. he was great in his scenes. Uh, they basically uh, they have to go. Uh, our, our main vampire hunters here have to go to uh, him because they found a tattoo on one of the um, the corpses. Yeah. Uh, um, and that led to uh, it was an Egyptian uh, tattoo. And there, there's a kind of a whole side story there of is there a connection between uh, vampires and ancient Egypt? Yeah. Uh, which is funny because that's a bit of a nod to Anne Rice. Who, yes. Who, who did that. Um, R.I.P. Anne Rice. Yeah. Uh, she, she got me into the she got me into the vampire thing. I read all the Vampire Chronicles, and it was her first book that the movie, and then I started reading the books. Okay. So yeah, I, I didn't get to do the retrospective that you and I, Mallory did, but yeah, she yeah. got me. She got me um into it. I mean, I had read Frankenstein, I had read Drank, uh, Dracula, but uh-huh. her first book interview with the vampire just really, I just dove right in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my my first book was actually uh, Vampire the Step because there was no numbers on those books. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just picked up. I was like, "Oh, you can just read any of them in order, right?" Okay, oh, let's just pick this big one here. So I started with Vampire the Start. Um, uh, yeah, that retrospective was was not meant to be because the file got corrupted and we lost the interview. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe we can do something further further down, and maybe the, the three of us could do a little mini mini sode. Yeah. Of uh. What, what Anne Rice kind of meant to us, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was nice. He comes into it more as well as that background. It doesn't really affect too much. Uh, it mm-hmm. just kind of uh, leads them to the uh, next uh, vampire den, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I loved I loved the kind of mirror reflections they started to do with. The, the group of characters here and yeah. the ones in Dracula, because I can yeah. easily see certain characters taking the roles of the main characters of Dracula. Which so you see, you've read it more recently than I have, so you're going to have to refresh my memory. Yeah, that's a, yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, I mean, I see, I see Vanessa as Mina, because yeah. uh, she, she is the, the bold, strong uh, woman that yeah. uh, Mina eventually turns into. Uh, in, in the book. Uh, Malcolm as Van Helsing slash Alan Quartermain kind of yeah. hybrid. Um, Victor is John Seward. The, he, feel, he feels the doctor role. He feels the uh, educated uh, man role. Just that he has more of a darker side to him. But we're missing he, Mina's love, beloved. The guy who first goes. Oh, John Harker? Yeah, John Harker. Yeah, no, yeah, we we, we don't yeah. really have a John Harker. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I would I would say Ethan is more Quincy Morris. Yeah, yeah, the, the cowboy. They're both cowboys, yeah, 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 <laughs> basically. That's um, right. So yeah, I, I saw those, those that parallel there. That was kind of interesting. Uh, we also have the one of the um, ones who are captured alive, Fenton, who is mm-hmm. obviously a stand-in for Renfield. Yes, uh, from uh, Dracula. And I, I mentioned earlier the uh, Caliban is uh, at one point kind of a stand-in for the Phantom of the Opera, or it takes mm-hmm. on the Phantom of the Opera storyline a little bit. 
Um, yeah, good stuff. Man, yeah, that was, that was such a great first season. It was. Um, definitely looking forward to discussing season two because there's so much more and some of my favorite episodes, um, Cut Wife being one of them, uh, is in season two. And yeah, we'll definitely have to discuss that soon. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, season I'm going to. My favorite. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my rewatch of it uh, this week, and uh, we can uh, discuss it as soon as uh, we both become available. Okay, that works. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just I'll... binged it all over the course of a. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> I know if I, I did that, though, I would like uh, get events mixed up and all that. So I was yeah. I that's just the way I am. So I was like, okay, no, but. Limit myself to the first season. That's it. I can only talk about the first season. I couldn't stop watching it. I'm like, I forgot how much I love the show, and I yeah. just continued. <laughs> no, I, I told you, I had to. I, I started season two. I got first episode in, and and they introduced the witches. And like, oh my god, so much happens in this season. No, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I gotta stop. I gotta go with my notes. What I have here, and we'll get to that. I went. Okay. Brizzy was going to do this into one episode. I was like, oh, this show is so rich. I we gotta yeah. give each season its due. Season two, um, we'll, um, we can maybe um do two at a time because there is too much. There is too much to unpack in season two in just an hour. Season one, we're just kind of doing an overview. But for season two, I don't mind doing reviewing like two episodes because they always kind of like bleed into each other. Um, right. so I can let you know my availability. Yeah, um, but I'm definitely down for doing a much deeper breakdown of season two by episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Season, I mean, season one had a lot going on as well. Um, it was mainly meetings, um, but oh, man, anyone if you haven't seen Pe- Penny Dreadful and you want to sink your teeth into a rich drama with multiple facets and 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 levels and character depth like you've never seen before like uh and conflicts and it really has it all with with a nod to classic literature and 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 uh of course genre uh in in general um would you recommend penny dreadful absolutely absolutely it's such a great show so many different themes I I loved it from the first episode and up until the very end. And the rewatch for me was just like, oh, oh yes, and watching it, but you're not really. Yeah. Definitely recommending it to actors who've gone on to do um, equally amazing things as well in, on stage and on television and on the big screen. Yeah, and who who had rich backgrounds yes. to begin with. Yes, uh, they're accomplished actors. Yeah, uh, so you really get a. a uh, and um yeah that was uh that was season one um we there's still a lot we could have talked about uh but we're, we're kind of going overtime right now uh, <laughs> and uh, about that. it was meant to be uh just a light retrospective i knew it wouldn't be i knew we would blab <laughs> and, <laughs> and i i knew we, we we couldn't help it but it is it's it's that good a show, and uh, I agree. It's the second time around. It was um, I picked up way more um, facets of it, and I think I enjoyed it even more the second time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, okay. 
this episode of Make It Lane Violence, and uh, see you soon for uh, season two. And um, I'm David. I'm Charlene. And uh, pleasant and unpleasant dreams. <laughs> Thank you. And to you all as well. Good night. <laughs>